everyone. Welcome to the Sunday Dharma service. When I was a prime minister uh, during one summer vacation, I went to the Byeonsan Retreat Center. Byeonsan is the, one of the sacred places in Wan Buddhism where our founding master composed and uh, finished his first draft of Wan Buddhism canon. It's a summertime, so after dinner, I decided my, my mind to go to the nearby mountain. It's a very uh, kind of hill. When I walked uh, like one or two hours, even though it's a little dark, uh, from the walking tray, I could look some very nice stream in order to wash my feet and the face, uh, I hiked down to the creek. At that time, the full moon was uh, covered by very thick cloud. It's inside the mountain, so it's uh, pretty dark. It became pitch dark. It literally became pitch dark. Even like uh, one or two feet ahead of me, I could not uh, see what's in front of me. So I waited uh, there like uh, for half an hour, but uh, just still dark. I decided uh, my mind, let's go back, even though it's very dark at the time. So people don't use a cell phone. I almost uh, fumbled my way back to the trail and to the retreat center. I fell down a couple of times. What's the big deal? That I fell down once or twice, or it took um, 30 minutes, one hour more. The path to discover The path to eternal life, the path that we could reach indestructible, perpetual happiness or freedom, that path may become more dark, and it's a far more important thing. It, for the enlightened master, for them to walk on the proper path, it's like walking in broader daylight. But for the unawakened beings, uh, walking might be like uh, walking in the dark night. But very fortunately, all of us, I as well as uh, you, have a lamp the teaching of the Buddha, that Dharma lamp. So even though we are walking on the walking in the dark night, we will not deviate the proper path to lead the, our destination of Nirvana. The reason why we 
celebrate the birth of a Shakyamuni Buddha is uh, probably there are many reasons. We would like to, with some formality, express our gratitude to Shakyamuni Buddha as our main teacher, and we would like to strengthen the karmic tie with him, and uh, we could learn more deep the, his uh, teaching in order to deepen our practice and reset our life goal, etc. There is a Chinese saying, under a acorn tree, people gather acorns. Under a chestnut tree, people gather chestnuts. That means students are the copy of their children. Today, let's all think about eight aspects or eight stages of the Buddha's life in order to learn his dharma. Uh, just like uh, our founding master's life was uh, classified into 10 stages or 10 aspects in the Mayana tradition, Buddha's life has been classified into 8 stages, 8 aspects. That life, that journey is very meaningful. Think about uh, the Christian pastor's life as opposed to Buddhist monk. Jesus helped a lot of people, usually underprivileged people. So the followers of the Jesus, Christian pastors, their life is usually helping others by providing the sermon or through charitable organization, etc. But in the case of the Shakyamuni Buddha, before he attained supreme enlightenment, he didn't teach not any Dharma. So Buddhist monks' life is more like Shakyamuni Buddha's. Their focus is for them to attain great enlightenment first. And then after they reached a certain level of awakening, they started to teach. So let's uh, uh, think about the Buddha Dharma by learning eight aspects of the Buddhas. Surprisingly, the video that we just watched says a lot of things that I prepared. So. My Dharma talk will be very short today. The first aspect, descending from Tosoro heaven. According to the Buddha's word, or all those enlightened Hindu masters, etc., there are six realms of existence. One of them is the human realm. The world of animals we can see, but there is a heaven, hell, the world of the wandering spirits, etc. Even though most of the European countries are very developed nation, 
But just like uh, Germany, some country is more developed than others. So heaven is uh, further divided into 33 realms of existence. So Dosol Chan, Dosol Heaven is uh, one of them. And uh, there, Shakamuni Buddha was uh, at the time in that realm. His name was uh, Ho Myung Bodhisattva and uh, waited to come to the earth to deliver people from suffering. That's the first aspect. The second aspect, uh, descending to Rumbini Park. Shakamri Buddha's mother, uh, Queen Maya, on her way to native home, that was the customary practice in India in order to give birth to a baby, on her way back to her native home in the Rumbini Park, she gave birth to Shakamuni Buddha. You know, what's the, it's a very interesting thing. What is the similarity of the life of the Shakamuni Buddha and the Jesus? There are many common things. One of the things is they were born on the street. And they died, both of them died on the street. Mary and Joseph, in order to avoid the persecution of the King Herod, on their way to Egypt, Jesus was born in the stable. Just like the Christmas scene shows, it's not a romantic thing. The innkeeper looked at Joseph and Mary. They were very poor. So he just said, there's no room available. So in the stable with lots of animals, and we, that's the place where Jesus, both of them died on the street. That symbolizes they don't possess anything that represent all things in the universe is their own possession. How enlightened teacher possesses things is very different from regular people's way of possessing things. But anyway, the third aspect is observing the reality of a human life outside the palace. They say, it's in his meditations, for the first time he went out of the palace and saw all the people whose face was full of wrinkles and the dead person, very sick person, etc. When he asked to his servant, he said, everybody including you and I, will eventually grow old and die. Regular people just compromise with that kind of a reality. But in the case of the Buddha, 
he contemplated the kind of unsatisfactory aspect of a human life. In some naive way, in his mid-teens, he thought about that. Well, if there is a sky, there is a earth. There is a night, there is a day, there is man, there is a woman. If there is a suffering, probably there might be some solution for that. He put in a naive thought in that way, and he could not enjoy the pleasure in the palace anymore. So after that day, he always thought about how can I discover that solution, the mystery of the universe. And at the age of 29, he left the palace. When he left the palace, he made two vows. He just left that place without saying any word to his wife as well as to his father. One vow was I will not come back to this palace before I attain great enlightenment. The second vow, I will not come back to this palace until I will deliver all sentient beings from suffering. That was very serious and the solemn aspiration. So our third head Dharma Master, Venerable Tesan said, uh, what is uh, our palace so that we can accomplish our goal? Out of the palace, Buddha fulfilled his uh, life goal, great enlightenment. So the palace symbolizes our comfort zone. So our third head Dharma Master asked, what is your comfort zone? What is your personal palace? You have to leave that comfort zone to accomplish your life goal, whether it's enlightenment or making your career successful, whatever it is. And he first met the two teachers. Buddha was born with the highest level of spirituality and intelligence. Within several months, within several years, those two gurus was a very prominent yogic teacher. He reached to the level of their teacher in the meditation on the other area. But Buddha thought to himself, when he meditated on the cushion, he was absorbed in deep samadhi. He felt blissful, unparalleled blissful feeling he could have. But 
after Christian, that kind of a samadhi state could not continue. So Buddha thought himself, uh, just having deep samadhi, joyful feeling on the cushion is just like uh, having drugs. It's not permanent. So he left those two teachers and entered the snowy mountain, Himalaya mountain, to see into the mystery of the universe to attain great enlightenment. And as we are now under the Bodhi tree at the age of the 29, he attained the great enlightenment. Before he seated himself under that tree, later, under that tree, he attained the great enlightenment. So later generation called that type of a tree, Bodhi tree. Bodhi means awakening. Under that big tree, when he seated himself, he decided his mind, according to the scripture, even if all my flesh decay, even if all the bones in my body fall apart to a thousand pieces, if I will not attain great enlightenment, I will not leave this place. So with that kind of great determination and great passion led him to attain great enlightenment. So Buddhism, the teaching of the enlightenment started from the awakening of the Buddha in the early morning. Yeah. I missed one story. Before Buddha attained the great enlightenment, Mara, the king of Devar, approached him and seduced him in many ways. He sent his two beautiful daughters to test in the area of fresh desire and fear, terror, etc. Just like Jesus was tested in the desert before he started. It's a public life. So, Venerable Desan said, the universe tests us in two ways. One is the test of the giving small challenges before providing big blessings. The other is giving people small blessings before it provides a greater disaster. So our founding master said, when you are in school, when you move to the next level, we have to take the test, the qualifying exam. Exactly just like that to the practitioner or non-practitioner. Before we achieve greater things, the universe always Our founding master used the analogy. Think about if you are a CEO, when you hire somebody, you first ask his qualification and ability, diligence, etc. Likewise, or especially practitioners are tasked. So I will end today's talk by hearing one story from Reverend Jian a couple of weeks ago. There is a person 
Steve Rogan. He was uh, raised in a family where he was uh, abused verbally, physically by his father, Sirius. So when he was young, he left his room. When he heard that his father was in the nursing home, he cannot live more than several days. When he entered his father's room, he was put on ventilator, and uh, he was uh, uh, relying on the breathing apparatus. But he saw the tube was uh, disconnected. His first thought was, uh, this is a perfect moment for him to revenge to his father. If he simply ignored that, then he will die in a couple of minutes. It's not his fault. He hesitated for a moment, and he changed his mind and called the nurse. And the father lived for several weeks, and he died. Anyway, some years later, he had a terrible traffic accident when he rode on a motorcycle. But luckily, just uh, some part of the, his pelvis was broken. He saved uh, his life. It was a miracle, they said. Some years later, he visited one very famous doctor, Dr. Piston, who specialized in hypnosis. When he was deeply hypnotized, then the doctor told later that he was destined to die in that traffic accident. That was his destiny. But he forgave his father. Because of that merit, blessings, he could save his life. So just like Shakyamuni Buddha was tested under the Bodhi tree, in our daily life, we all tested. It can be forgiving others, or letting go our attachments, whatever failure, letting go our unwholesome desire, like breaking that habit. So, unlike the test in school, in the school, the professors gave you the, give you a exact date on July the 4th, you are having the test. But the test that's given from the realm of the universe happens unexpected. They know our weak point, vulnerable spot. So, whatever. Scripture, you read, uh, be alert, be mindful. That's the passage that we can encounter very frequently. So let's uh, think about uh, the life of the Buddha and uh, what's uh, the lesson at each and uh, every stage so that we can deepen our practice as well as uh, reset uh, our life. Thank you. Thank you.